All right, everybody, welcome to Green and Lewis. Wait, are we already recording? Yes. Oh, yeah, tight, tight 115. Yeah, I'm already dealing with a child. Little baby boy has to go to Betty Bye, so we have to record super fast tonight. Oh, I'm sorry that some of us work. Listen, I'm busy, as you know. You know, I have a creative type job. Uh huh. Which is being unemployed. Uh huh. And you keep complaining about having to work and having to commute and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know. 40 miles each uh-huh. way. Well, too bad. 40 miles. So we got, we're getting a late start tonight. It feels oddly quiet with the air conditioner off. Yeah, it's a little creepy. It? It's yeah. weird. Well, like having it on so often, I haven't heard any street sounds. So when it's off and I can hear any street sounds, I'm like, ew. Yeah, no, I know. Ugh. Not only that, yeah, it's just been that kind of nice low hum um, in the background yeah. that I'm sure all of our listeners have been appreciating <laughs> for, the, for the last 10 weeks. I haven't heard it. It's yeah, I can hear it, but only in the nice headphones. I bet you can't hear it if you're just wearing earbuds or whatever. I can't even hear it in the car. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, car speakers, come on. Yeah, Corolla, you can't hear Corolla's shit. That's not, not exactly like high quality. Bumping like some bows up in here. No, Corolla has like computer speakers that came with like a gateway in 1998. Well, she only has one volume control (laughs) where you try to turn it down, but it goes up and you turn it up, but it goes kind of down and you're like, okay, girl, you're stuck at 33. I don't know what to tell you. doesn't surprise me. It's the same car that has half an antenna and until recently was missing all but one hubcap. So she's got all four now and living her best life. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Cosmetic improvements. Mm. Speaking of, do you notice anything different about me today? You're smiling behind a microphone. No? No. You can't tell. You can't what? tell at all what happened. Do that again? You have a stain on your tooth? No. What the fuck, man? I got my fucking chipped-ass t- teeth all fixed up today, and you don't even appreciate it. Wait, but you actually do have, like, a black stain. Oh, do I? Yeah. That's so probably like... just from the tuna I ate earlier. Oh, okay. Let's try that again. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. You have chompers now. Yeah, yeah. My teeth are back my, They're back Did in they action. Did they grow closer to each other? Uh, I think that they did close my gap a little bit accidentally. How'd they do that? They just paint some paint some tooth on there? Well, you they know, gave you a veneer. They basically just like cover your teeth in spackle, and then they start sanding and and cutting. Yeah, you have no you, you know? have no gap. No, I have a gap, but it's smaller than it used to it's be. It's small. Yeah. yeah, which is unfortunate. I like my gap. I'm glad that they maintained the gap at all. I was mm. very worried that they were going to close it. Mm. By no. the way, this is the fourth time that I've had this yeah. procedure done. So that's what, what, we give it about three weeks? Well, yeah, the last time it only lasted two or three weeks. The Did time before that it dentist? lasted... Yes, I went to a new there dentist. There you go. It's kind of a long story, but... Um, Did you go to my dentist? The... What? No? No, you never recommended me a dentist. Oh. How dare you withhold this information? You know how it's much th- my dental hygiene suffers? My dentist is not great. Well, that's good, then. I'm glad I didn't go there. Yeah. No, I... Uh, took a shot in the dark i just went on my insurance website and was like fuck it i'm just gonna find one that's close to here so that it's not a hassle uh turns out mm-hmm. it was a hood dentist okay which i have in to say house no okay. it was just really kind of a grody little office over by woodhill on flushing oh yeah oh um you know oh that dentist well, uh, well, it's like by the Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, that dentist with a like ripped tooth sign. Yes, yes, I know that dentist. And at I first, it looks day. like it's for children because it's kind of it got like a like neon a green yeah. outside and stuff. And I, I'm sure they do service kids, but I was a little worried. I was like, oh shit, did I go to like a pediatric dentist here? No, no. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss my old dentist for one critical reason: the uh, 25 year old atomic blonde okay. slaved hygienist. 
who I adored, and she talked in her little baby Melania Trump voice. Okay. And I loved her, and she loved me. I'm positive. I don't think so. I never made any overtures because I felt it would be inappropriate, although we looked at each other constantly with pleading eyes. Yeah, she was like, oh, God, these fucked up teeth. One day. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, these Americans, they can't keep their teeth in one piece. Yeah, Oy. she's seen better in Soviet Russia. Okay. But yeah, so I had to say goodbye to my Russian dentist because he, he kept trying to bleach my teeth. Hey, that was his proposition that. every time. But it costs a lot of money, man. It and does? you have to do it multiple times. Yeah. Oh. It's it's not covered by your insurance because it's purely cosmetic. You can't just like get some Crest White Strips, uh, some prescription strength versions of them. And just I'm sure on. you can get something like that, but it's not mm. affordable to me, nor is it desirable. I don't mm. really care. I mean, I'm just going to vape them right back to a pearly yellow <laughs> in a matter of hours. So what do I care? Jesus Christ. Okay. But yeah, yeah that takes guy, about two gallons of coffee, and yeah. I don't know about you, but that's a constant problem with me in dentists is the upsell. I do not like dentists that do this, and I've had quite a few of them over the years. I've never had it. I only had one person who was like, mm. no, that, that was a dermatologist. They were like, mm, you want to do a you want to do a peel? And I was like, what? Like a chemical peel? And I was like, I'm 19. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, man, yeah, that's, that's hard sales. They were just like, yeah, we can get rid of your children. blackheads forever if we just peel it off. I'm like, well. Is that really how that works? Yeah, kind of. Nuh-uh. What do you mean? How, how's that even possible? I would imagine it would work that way once. And you then look like back. a burn victim for a week. Like, you can't leave the house. Like, you look busted. So if you ever, you know, see the ladies on the Upper East with, like, sunglasses, big sunglasses and, like, scarf-looking hijabi, but they're very white, they just had a peel done. Yeah, yeah. This is seen in Arrested Development when Lucille... I think oh, she's actually yeah. getting plastic surgery, but she has yes. the same look that you're talking yes, about yes, where yes, you look yes. like you have a hijab on with yeah. large sunglasses. Oh, yeah. And they turn it into a horror movie. Yeah. I uh, I didn't realize that peels were so uh, damaging. They don't do them initially. Any, they don't really do them anymore. Now it's like a little bit uh, more topical where it'll be like an uh, like a vitamin C or an alpha hydroxy. Oh, no, but that was the chemical peel. I don't know, like a retinol thing. Sure. Retinols are a big thing. So you just like slather that on for five minutes, wipe it off, and then you're like, ooh, slight tingle. Yeah, okay. Mm. Well, anyway, you know, doctors that upsell. That shit sucks. I don't like that. And then to top it all off, the Russian dentist fixed my teeth on two occasions, and they broke both times. Hmm. So fuck that guy. Sorry to my love. I'll see you again in another life on another plane. But so today I go to this hood dentist. (sighs) Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm a little sketched out because it's sort of dirty in there. And I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, this is kind of an important cosmetic procedure. Yeah. For reference, I'm sure most of our listeners know, but it's my two front teeth are fucked up from an incident back in the day when I fell down drunk and knocked them out on the sidewalk. Yeah, that was a fun night for me. So I have half my two front teeth, basically. A mm. little, little more than half, but they're pretty bad. And uh, I've been living with it for a long time, but then it started to hurt. And also, mm. it's just the shame started to creep in. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's because I'm so busy on my unemployment that so you have time to think. Busy. And I go, oh, man, I better take care of this. Mm. But anyway, yeah. So I'm like, oh, fuck. It's kind of dirty in here. This isn't great. But it turns out I'm a big fan of hood doctors. Okay. My dermatologist is a hood dermatologist, and they rock. And I think it's because they see so much wild shit, right? Just because, you know, people coming in there are generally low income, right? So you're dealing already with a lot of alcoholics, a lot of just craziness and general health problems. Hmm. I don't mean that as a matter of judgment. I think that's probably just a fact. I mean, a dermatologist 
Not necessarily, but well, like at my dermatologist, it's all old ladies. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, they're yeah, in yeah. there for, but you know, skin you... cancer. Sure. Oh, that's moles. Sad. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But like in any yeah, case, you just got to zap a mole y- off. It's you fine. know, when a youngish, when a nearly middle-aged white man walks in, they're like, "Oh, great, this is going to be easy." Mm. And it turns out it is. And you know, they give me all these shots. They give me all these medicines. It's just like you're in and out. It's great. Shots. Yeah, I get shots in my. This is disgusting, but I get shots in my uh, acne because it's so oh. far under my skin that topical stuff sometimes doesn't work. Cortisone shots. And then yeah, they they stick me with the little things and it gets rid of it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. But so at the dentist, my new dentist. First of all, you have to get a cleaning. They don't let you do anything. Well, yeah. When you're at a new place, they're like, we have to give you x-rays and a cleaning. And I'm like, can you just fix my teeth? And they're like, no. We have to do the whole shebang. And then maybe we'll fix your teeth if we have time. Mm. And I was like, oh, fuck. Am I going to have to come back here or whatever? But so my man gets in there. They do x-rays. My man, the dentist, whatever his name is, like, you know, Alejandro Eladio or whatever. They're all speaking Spanish. Um, He... This is wildly problematic, by the way, but continue. Uh, look, I'm just saying, I, you, I only mention that because it's important later in the story that I don't know what anybody's talking about. Oh. Because okay. they're very ESL. And okay. I don't mean that to be a judgmental thing, but it's like, I was the only person in there speaking English, too. Mm, mm-hmm. And they don't speak English that well. Only one of the hygienists didn't speak English at all. Oh. The other one did pretty well, and the doctor spoke it kind of well. Yeah. So it, I'm just saying that because... It, to be honest, it made me a little afraid, not because I'm afraid of Hispanic people, yeah. but because I like to know what the fuck is going on when fair. someone's working on me. When someone's got a sharp object yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, fair. So I'm talking to the hygienist in English, and then the doctor comes in, and he sort of talks to me in English, but he just starts going to town on my cleaning. This motherfucker, I haven't had such a rough cleaning in such a long yeah. time. I mean, whatever the Russian was doing was basically nothing, mm-hmm. because he was like, oh, your teeth are in pretty good shape. We'll just do a little pick here, a little pick there, and like the and cleanings were no big bleeding. deal. Yeah. This time, I felt like the dude cut off half my bottom gums. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got in there with like the little saw thing. I don't think yeah. it's a saw thing, but- It's a Dremel. He, yeah. m- my mouth felt visibly, or felt, yeah, like palpably lighter mm-hmm. at the end of it, and yes, I spit up so much blood. Mm-hmm. Like the little cup of water they give you, I still had blood in my mouth after three or four rinse outs, mm-hmm. and it was all over my face. Uh-huh. Like this guy was moving around with the instruments, like he was fucking decooning. <laughs> I was, I really like admired his his artistry because you know I feel like dentists are mostly pretty methodical. They either like start in the back or start in the front and kind of go a tooth at a time. And like he was just like, ooh, I was, see a problem. He uh, was uh. jumping around in my mouth, switching tools really fast. Like fucking, he was painting in there, mm. sculpting in there. And by the time he was done with the cleaning, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I feel like a new man, but also you just dommed me yeah. really hard. You got road hard and put away. And I don't know wet. what you're yeah. talking about. Mm. And you can't really talk to me. So I'm like afraid of what's about to come next when I'm trying to communicate with him. Like, hey, we're going to have time to, you know. And eventually the hygienist is like, yeah, he's going to have time to do it. And I was like, great. So I sit in the chair again. By the way, this is also the longest dentist visit I what, ever like two had. two hours? It was more than two hours. <gasps> it was like two and a half hours long. Jesus. Because okay. I waited for, you know, a certain amount of time. And then I sat in the, in the chair, in chair before yeah. they even started for another 20 minutes. Then by the time they x-ray and clean and stuff, we're already clocking in at an hour. Mm-hmm. But so finally, when the actual procedure gets going, again, my man is rough as fuck. So he... You know, I lay my head back, and he just picks up my head by my chin, and he's like, chin up, chin up. And he's like, <laughs> just like yanking my so head So choking back. you a little bit? A you're little like bit. harder, daddy? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was it was really intense in this way. And 
you know, I'm looking around, like looking at what tools he got, and I see a Novocaine Ooh. syringe. And now the other three times I've had this done, there's been no Novocaine involved. Mm. So I see that, and I'm like, Ooh. what the fuck is about to happen here? I haven't had Novocaine in a decade for anything, probably. So you were drooling all day? Yes. Oh. We'll get to that in a bit. But So I see the Novocaine needle, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is about to get serious right now. And he lights me up with the Novocaine, and I'm like, oh, no, like... I forgot how that felt. First of all, the pinch of the needle is very like, unpleasant. Ooh, yeah. But that passes pretty quickly because the Novocaine starts to go. And because it was in the front of my face oh. and my head was back, the Novocaine started to oh, go in your up eye. Oh, my shit. face. And I had Novocaine lip, nose, and eyes. And you're like, uh, And yeah. he, put, he shot it up so many times. He gave me like four or five distinct shots of the Novocaine. Mm. And I ended up reading later, because I was curious about this process, that Novocaine is so fast-acting that it will, um, It'll wear the effects of it will diminish it in like 20 minutes unless they inject you with another thing that prolongs it for a few hours. Uh-huh. And so I'm thinking, like, what the fuck is this guy doing with all this Novocaine in my mouth? It's just my two front teeth. Normally, they put the spackle on, they put a little purple light on there, mm-hmm. they pick at it a little bit, and you're out of there in 20 minutes. At well, least that's been my experience. That, that sounds like... A gel nail manicure? It seems like this guy was going a little harder. He was going way harder. So I'm thinking, okay, I have all this Novocaine now. This is about to get serious, and it did. Because the first thing he does is breaks out his little fucking tooth saw and starts sawing at my already fucked up teeth. Hmm. And I'm panicked. I'm not expressing yeah. any of this, but I'm panicking internally a little bit because I'm like, oh. Is he going to put a veneer dude, on? Dude, he's yeah. basically going to put a veneer on. He's like cutting my teeth down. Mm-hmm. He did cut my teeth down, but not to the extent that I thought, because you can kind of see the seams, not in this light, but he did. He cut a lot of my tooth off. Um, But he was probably getting more surface area to attach the the filler so that way it doesn't fall off. After the procedure, this is the sense I got from him from what little I could glean was he was basically like, you told me that it kept falling off, so I wanted to make sure it doesn't fall off anymore. And I was like, okay, I mean, whatever. Now if it falls off, I'm going to look super crazy crazy. super crazy Mm -hmm. but yeah he breaks out his little saw he starts cutting up my teeth and then he starts doing the spackle and like i'm telling you man 30 minutes go by i'm like are we what's going on here are we done yet and i mean he's working on me the entire time again very uh artistically you know he's doing some spackle he's sanding it down he's doing a little more spackle usually it's like a one-shot process Mm. like i said before i've never seen them go back and forth so many times Mm. but he he was there for over an hour and every you know five minutes internally i'm like we got to be nearing the end here we got to be getting close to the end we're not getting close to the end he was so to preserve my gap he had a tiny little saw blade and just and with both hands effectively making like a miniature band saw Mm -hmm. at the end he like cut the gap back so i think what he did was just cover both my front teeth yeah completely in that shit and made one giant block yeah probably and then started sanding like the bottom and sort of sanding the middle and then he just cut the gap back into my teeth which is great. I was worried that he wasn't going to preserve the gap at all because we'd had no discussion about this. Oh. And the very first time I ever had these things filled, the doctor was like, wait, you want to keep your gap? Mm. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, what? Like, nobody wants to do that. Like, don't be silly. And I was like, no, I must keep it. And she was like, all right, fine, whatever. And this guy, much to his credit, he preserved the, the naturalness of my beautiful smile 
all on his own. That's a word one could use. Um, Excuse me? <laughs> one could use that word. But yeah, there was certain Lauren Hutton, it. you are not. Oh, come on, man. You know, I'm not employed right now, and I need a little encouragement sometimes. It doesn't help when you come in here throwing money around and complaining <laughs> about your commute. Well, I'm bored out of my mind. <laughs> Jesus. Show a little respect, some support. I look lovely now, and you're just deflating me. Okay, I don't like it. Well. But yeah, I don't know. It was really intense. I mean, at one point, he grabbed me by my front teeth to lift my chin up. Oh. So he used my teeth to pull my head back. It was really intense. That's also confident that, that his work is... I think he was both testing his own work, because yeah. it was near the end, and was like, can you lift your fucking chin up? And I was like, dude, He's my like, face I... is full of Novocaine. I can't do shit. He's like, how many times do I have to tell you, yeah, bitch? Yeah. It was serious. And man. how many times did he slap you? Only once? Yeah, three or four times. Only when I asked him to. Okay, very good. Yeah. It was extra. You left some money on the little dish, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. you got to come prepared to tip like 35% in those situations. That's all? Oh. Mm, Ew. You know, I don't know. I'm not familiar with sex work, sorry. <sighs> Except for that one time in Chinatown, but we don't talk about that. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know your life. You I be, know. You don't know my life. You could be getting some Andes and, you know, uh, spa for men right next to a former employer. Dude, to be totally honest with you, if I... I'd have never gotten a massage in my life, but if for some reason I went to get a massage and it turns out that that was on offer, I would do it just for the story. <laughs> for I sure. Mean, probably be a dude. What? You never know. Don't say that. I, I guess you don't know. It's really hard to tell with Asian people. No. You started it. I meant like you go and they're like, it's a spa. It's a men. Okay. Men's masseuse. And you're like, okay. work my. Work. Well, if it's a male masseuse, then it's different. If it's at a discount, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Listen, hands are hands. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, all right. So that's a you recommend dentist on corner of Sumner <laughs> and Flushing. I do. Yes, I actually do recommend this guy a lot. Hmm. Um, and like I said, I think it's like kind of fun for them because most of their day seems like a lot more stressful, stressful and traumatic. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I get to fucking sculpt somebody's front teeth out of nothing. This is great. Yeah. Like I'll spend an hour and a half on this. I was like, don't you, you probably, have other patients? No, like, he probably bumped someone. Cause he's like, I want the easy thing. Yes. Yes, I do. Well, and get this too. Turns out it only costs $26 per tooth to do this. Whereas at my Russian, it was 150 even <gasps> after insurance. So my man is wicked cheap and he did a good job. I mean, my dentist is free. Well, you know, again, I'm not employed right now. Stop bragging. Well, with insurance that I pay thirteen or 33 cents a month for. Still, yeah. You know. Yeah, come on, man. Pretty sick. We don't all work for a family company. You're living the American dream. Leave, leave the rest of us to our collapse, okay? Yeah, I work for a, a British family company. So, you know, they, they care about health care. Mm -hmm. As long as you keep the... Um, the uh, pedophilia at the academy is quiet everybody's happy am i allowed to say that about your employer on the podcast no, no you can't. No. <laughs> well we've never named them so yeah. good luck ever figuring that one out guys mm. all the sleuths out there i mean i like, wonder what british shoe company we could there's there are actually like a hundred of them um so mm -hmm. no one knows uh ow um that's a good thing, though. But yeah, it was great. You did some self-care. That, that's actually exciting. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does pay eventually to sometimes give a shit about yourself, you know, even when you walk around looking like a pirate. 
I don't know. Just you look like up a teeth. pirate? Yeah, I just have fucked up teeth, man. When, when, I look more British than anyone here, normally. That's true. Now I, mean, I look great. Yeah. Now you actually look like your people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't had these chompers in years at this point. The last <laughs> time I got this fixed was two years ago. I never understand why. Like, if anything happened to my teeth, I would be like, oh, no, 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 no. How, we are fixing this as soon as humanly possible. Well, it was a combination of factors. Like I said, it was because initially I did get these things bucks, fixed, yeah. but it, every time I didn't want to pay for it anymore. And also, I have a different relationship to, like, physical deformity than you have because I've had so many injuries over the years. Mm. My relationship with scars is very positive. Chicks think they're cool. Uh-huh. And I think they're cool. Uh-huh. And so eventually I just came to see the teeth as another form of scar. Yeah, that's not... No. Even though the incident is covered in shame, it's not heroic like jumping down some stairs or yeah, uh, no. falling off a cliffside. N- no. But, you know, you don't have to tell people the truth about what happened. What are you telling people? Like you got in a bar fight well, nobody defending ever... someone's honor and then you're like, actually... I, just... I probably would do some kind of lie, especially if it was a stranger. If it was a close friend, I probably already told them the truth. They were already there. Yeah, they were there. That's true. <laughs> um, but no, like... yeah, l- that's the thing. Like nobody asks about your teeth. Whereas like the scar on my arm, I have two big long scars on my forearm from a broken arm and some surgery. People will mm. ask about it because it is like... There's no shame in having a surgery, right? But when you have fucked up teeth, people don't comment on that. People don't comment on facial deformity. That's not polite to do. It's not like it, you don't have a cleft palate, for Christ's sake. It's just a chipped tooth. Well, I know, but w- when you see people with chipped teeth, do you, is the first thing you're going to ask them, hey, what the fuck happened to your tooth? What's with your chompers, bro? Yeah, no, nobody does that. I mean, I also don't notice teeth. Teeth I don't pay attention to. No, I know. That's the other thing. That's another good reason why I didn't get them fixed is because nobody even notices. Unless yeah. you point it out to them, yeah. very few people give a shit. Do you smile with teeth? Um, You do when you laugh. I don't... Yeah, I think I do smile with teeth. Like, I'm trying to think if I'm in a photo. Do... Yeah, no, I smile with teeth for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I... Mm, not my lifestyle. Braces scarred me. Oh, really? I had braces. And it I also have no me. upper lip, so there's like there's mm, so much mm-hmm. uh, There's so much cum on it. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't help it. First of all, <laughs> never. Um, I don't know why I'm so riled up right now. I apologize. Act like I'm some sloppy bitch who can't keep it in. Jesus fucking Christ. No. A drop shan't be wasted. <laughs> Gotta get those that protein in any way uh-huh. you can. Yeah, that's true. You know, get your You're trying to build weight right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's done. Um, you know, got to get ketosis. Um, the fuck were we talking about? Smiling in photos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you no, don't no. smile because of the braces and because of upper lip shame. Yeah, I also am like, hmm. Hi. Like, like, once the idea of smizing was actually codified in popular co- culture, I was like, yeah. Wait, explain that to me. That's just when you smile without opening your mouth. You can do the like the thing, but then in the eyes are like, mm, I don't want to do this. Mm. Oh, okay. What's that a portmanteau of? Smile and I I don't know. Yeah, that's why I don't understand where mising comes in. Mm. Schmizing. Not a word. Uh, ask Tyra Banks. I don't remember. Mm, okay. But that's what you like to do is be snarky with your smile. You You like to... Do a closed lip smile and then a look in the eyes that says, I don't even like you taking this picture. Why are you doing it? Mostly that. Yeah. But like if someone catches me grinning, they're they're maybe going to see like some some back molar action, but like they're never going to see my front teeth. Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't, you know, 
you don't have to strain to cover your teeth. I feel like it's just harder to cover teeth than to not. I think I have little teeth. Let me see. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. know. Not, don't not know. particularly. Yeah, not, but I'm not some people like... have really short, stubby teeth. Yeah, but... oh, no, I don't have like little, like you know, honey boo boo chompers. No, no, no. But like you know, I learned like... a fun fact about Honey Boo Boo's mom the other day. Do you want to hear it? Uh, meth. Uh, no, that she had three or four husbands that were all pedophiles. Oh boy. What is I've been talking about pedophilia yeah, a lot. I'm really sorry. Uh, yeah, this again, is what I, happens when you're, you're? I don't have a job. You're, you're I, alone in a cave for like too many yeah. hours. You're like pedophilia. Scary. You, yeah, you start thinking about the lizard people and the UFOs and the fairies, and before you know it, you're back to Epstein. It happens every time. I okay. can't help it. Well, you know. I mean, you have a peculiar relationship with being photographed. I think you really don't like being photographed. I fully hate. Every it. time I try to take pictures of you, you try to ruin it. Well, yeah, I'm usually trying to embarrass you, though, so there's that. But Well, there's that, but also, like, you take too long to take it, and I'm like, once I'm aware, I'm like, can you get it over with? You're taking a really fucking long time to take this candid photograph. Are we done? Hi. Like, I don't... You gotta you gotta be a little snappier with Are the Are you snapping. talking about when I'm shooting on film, or what yeah. do you mean? Oh, yeah, don't... Well... It takes too long. And then I'm like, I'm posing now. Eh. That's not what I was talking about. I oh. was just talking about iPhone photos. But yes, I, d- I don't really take pictures of you on film anymore, because you do that every time. You take too long. Well, it just, you know, it's not a fucking point-and-shoot camera, man. I have to twist the focus and figure out the aperture and all that shit. Get good. I have good photos of you that are candid with the film camera that were done quickly. Yeah, you usually, just don't even know it. I'm usually aware. Yeah, well, sometimes. But that's what, I, that's what I was trying to get at here is I don't understand. Where, where did that come from? Have you always had that in your life? Like when you were a little kid, did you run away from cameras or what? No, I liked it. Huh. But then I look at pictures when I was little. I was like, ooh, what a fag. <laughs> like, I'm like, ooh, ooh. You do have that iconic picture of you, like, in tiny short shorts with a weird, like, collared shirt on, looking like a goody good boy. What? Oh. That you made a painting That's on? a suit. Oh, what? A it's sh- like a little it's sailor. A shorts suit? It's a little sailor suit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would I wear now? One hundo. God, please don't do that. Not around me, anyway. I I might turn that gray suit that I got for Ellen Nina's wedding into a short suit. How are you going to do that? Are you going to go get the suit pants made into shorts the suit pants were twenty dollars i can do it wow okay you're gonna look like gennaro from jurassic park who the lawyer what he wears a suit jacket and shorts through that whole thing until he goes to the toilet and then gets eaten by the t-rex that guy it's not khaki is he wearing gray he's well he's got a gray suit jacket i don't know what color the shorts are i think you're right i think they were like cargo shorts yeah i feel like that was like cargo or something yeah no no you should wear cargo shorts to alan and nina's wedding that would be pretty funny that would be disgusting um no it'd be very tom brown uh on a budget and uh yeah i mean okay whatever be breezy It, it suits your whole nature i'm not really sure what to say about it other than i just don't think that's appropriate wearing shorts and having a suit on at the same time Oh, I also think like wearing shorts is gross in any occasion that's not like over 80 degrees. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't even like wearing shorts most of the time. In fact, this year is probably the most I've worn shorts because I've seen the fewest people. Yeah. Generally, when, I wear pants out of the house almost exclusively. Yeah, when I don't have to see people, no shorts or no pants. Yeah. What? Is that wrong? Yeah. When you I, don't have to see people, no pants. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, why bother? Like, oh, I'm seeing the security yard at some mall. Hi, I'm here. I'm going to go sweat. Like, meh. Mm-hmm. Bye. But, like, no. Why am I wearing pants? Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. 
Well, what what else we got here? What do we got? That was what thirty minutes? Almost thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. figured. Felt felt thirty ish. Um, I don't know. I like I said, I we got to come in hot, but I don't have actual opinions about much, so it's hard. We don't want to talk politics because who cares? Yeah, really, who cares? Everybody stop caring. We've we've made that point in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I still want to know where this why this wood is being stored in Bernie's basement. I'm like. It seems like spiders. Oh yeah, I mean it we're talking suspicious. we're we're talking about it, so we might as well talk about it. We're talking about the DNC convention. We've been getting updates from a friend of ours, but neither Will or I have watched it. I mean, I haven't watched it. I mean, there was some spin. They tried to say like AOC did a rogue thing of n- nominating him. She's yeah, like, that I did. I did she read was a headline like, about that. She was like, actually, it's just formality. I was doing it. I only had sixty seconds to talk. I did it and I left. I did. She the thing. also wasn't the first person. Some union head had already done it prior to her. It's it's typical if you get over three hundred. Yeah. Um. Votes or like you have electors, to do it. Yeah. you have to do it. Yeah, but everyone's like, "Well, she's going rogue." Uh, and I'm like, "Okay, this narrative sucks." Yeah. Um, also, unnecessary. Uh, it's just you know, it's just part of the whole thing about haranguing people on the left for uh, causing all the problems when really it's not our fault. So everyone, you know, everyone chill. It's okay. It's fine. I, you know, let her. Let her do what she wants to do. Also, like it was exactly what she was slaughtered to do. Went, hi, I'm here, showing my face. Hi, young people, I'm here. Bye. Like I don't know. The whole Zoom convention just seems just so absolutely cucked. I know people are triggered by that word, but honestly, it's like you should have just done it in person and figured people? it out. Really? What? Still mad about saying cucked? Really? Yeah, I think it makes people uncomfortable. Not everyone at this point, for sure. Yeah, I think I I feel like it's been reclaimed. Uh yeah, I think for most people it has been reclaimed. We've taken it back in uh sarcasm. I'm only yes. You know, like much like the N word. Okay, no. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a kind of exactly a parallel example if you really <sighs> think about it. That's but, not no. Um uh I'm only mentioning it because when I was last in Ohio, mm-hmm. I was sitting around a campfire having conversation and there was someone there I didn't know well and mm-hmm. I said cucked at one point because the dudes that I'm around I know don't care. Um but she was like, Oh, I don't like that word. And I didn't apologize for myself or anything, but it did make me self-conscious, and I kind of went, what? Like, Was it a white girl named Mix Emma? <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not gonna say her name, because I liked her quite a bit. She was a charming person, but yes, it was a white girl. Of course. I mean, <laughs> listen, Brenda, get your shit together. Words sometimes sound bad, but meaning is mutable. Fuck you. Well, and it's kind of, it's funny and fun because it sounds dirty. It is dirty. Yeah. It comes from dirty. Yeah, it comes exactly. from my people. <laughs> exactly. Like, Wait, it doesn't come from your people. It definitely comes from straight people. It comes from heathens. Oh, okay. So uh, I guess all gay people are heathens. We're making that generalization. Only the fun ones that I oh, like. Yeah, see, that's um, No, I mean, like, it comes from, like, let's just say that it, d- it doesn't come from any sort of, like, proclivity, but it does come from a certain kind of hedonism of who uh, laissez-faire sexual relationships. Oh, for sure, yeah. So where you're like, eh, whatever. I yeah, get I mean, I get I off. You all get off. Everyone gets off. Uh, I don't understand because I think from like the opposite side, if you know, if I'm a hypothetical person that sort of doesn't like hearing cucked, it's like, couldn't you make the argument that that's also kind of a kink shaming thing? I mean, not in the context of a political conversation, Ooh. but if somebody said like, "I like getting cucked," and you were like, "Ew, that sounds weird," y- now you're like, you're. Not, I was gonna say homophobic, but you're not homophobic. No. You're just like you're you're cuckophobic. You are kink. Uh, it's. You are kink shaming. You, you are if you use exactly. it in the sexual thing. But then you know there was that attempt for the alt right to take it and have it be like, oh yeah, you're cucks, and it's like mm-hmm, some of us like it. Fuck you, and then you 
rip it right back. Well, out see, of their I like hands. to take it from both of those parties because the soy people that are like, "Oh, I like it because it's actually sensitive." They're also losers. It's only fun it's to sensitive. What the fuck? Yeah, it's all. It's only fun to use in a joking way. If you're actually a person that's into being cucked, you should probably just keep it to yourself. Like I think it's no. Okay. I mean, whatever. I guess I'm kink shaming them now too. But yeah, I also just think that sexual things are people's private business, and mm. if you're like out and proud about it, it's like it's not anybody else's business for two reasons. It's it's so that you can preserve some sense of shame, and also so that the rest of the world doesn't have to think about it. Here's the thing: it's always more than two people's business. Hey, oh hey, that's true. Um, Gotta have the bowl in there. What? That's what the, um, well, the cuckold is the husband. Yes. The wife is the hot wife, and the pr- the man doing the fucking and not watching is the bull. What? Yeah. No. Oh. I don't know shit about that. Sorry, I had to introduce you to that right mm, now. Okay. I, didn't, I don't I like know. doing that. I don't know. Anyway, well, again, we, we keep going kind of far afield. Oh, we were talking about the, the DNC. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> the, uh, this is why I was like tight 115 yeah, I got no yeah. things to say but I'll say it really loud I don't care um, the whole virtual presentation I was like this is just giving me bad vibes and the way that people are interacting with it it, it sort of makes it worse because everything is literally an image now now everything's Twitter right and Which, because oh. people are coming in like with these discrete broadcasts so you get like you get these little pieces of it one at a time, whereas normally they would do a convention on one night or over the course of a couple of days, and you'd get like maybe a few clips here and there, but like the whole thing is kind of one thing. But now it's like it's everybody just, wants to talk about Amy Klobuchar without her shoes on. Everybody wants to talk about Bernie Sanders firewood. It's like you get all of these different little segments, and it doesn't okay. it doesn't add up to greater than its parts. Well, because the whole thing is a clip show. Yeah, it's like you know those Seinfeld episodes that are like ooh filler filler Seinfeld episode because syndication or something. I don't know. Um, I mean, the only thing about the wood wall, I'm like, why is that indoors? That's a display wood wall. Ah, that's, well, that's a you little know, bougie. And I, it is bougie. And I would imagine that, uh, in, you know, if you're Bernie Sanders and you have a nice cabin up in Vermont, like you, got more than you have a fireplace and several, I, I don't, his, his properties are not like as extravagant, as extravagant as you're imagining. I'm sure they're nicely furnished, but they're not like insane. Um, but so what? Fine. Yeah. You have several fireplaces in there, but that's the thing. You probably do want the wood inside because you're actually using the fireplace. You're burning through yeah. it. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, but I don't know. I started getting, uh, I don't know. The convention was like, I was like, uh-oh, I think more than ever that Biden's going to lose. It was giving me those okay. kind of vibes. And then a bunch of polls came out that were like, Trump's now within the margin of error <sighs> in a few critical polls. And I was like, yeah, I told you guys. And you, you know. And well, here we are. They're doing a really uh, aggressive uh, advertising thing on YouTube. Biden is? No. Or Trump is. Yeah, yeah I've seen the Trump ones. Yeah. But like, it's the first thing when you click on YouTube and you're mm-hmm. like, can you... What? It's very smart. They did this last time, too. People so go on YouTube money. more than they watch CBS or whatever. Yeah, I was like, Jesus, how much money? And I'm like, oh, it's actually not that much money. To buy ads on YouTube? Yeah. Uh, I never looked into it. Do you know, like, approximate figures? It's less than primetime television. Oh, for sure. That's true. Yeah. So fuck it. You can get more bang for your buck, and it's the first thing at the top of shit all the time. And I'm like, because if you look at my, you know, YouTube recommendation list, it's 15 things you might not know about Breath of the Wild. (laughs) And then drag, 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 gay. And then you're like, and then just a video about poppers. And I'm like, how the fuck? How'd you get here? Yeah, the, oh. the YouTube algorithm is pretty wild and unique as far as social media like sites go because you 
definitely start out on the right track and nine out of 10 things are on the right track. And the 10th thing is still related, but is somehow like wildly devious. Yeah. I did start getting these things where it's like, I cut shoes in half and I'm going to tell you a nice story over 15 minutes. I'm like, it's a little ASMR and a little informative. And you know what? I'm here for it. Right. Well, like, yeah, like, like but then the poppers thing, I'm like, what the fuck? How'd you, how did we get here? it, It just, it's trying to lead you down a new road. You know, that's so that, not a new road. I know what they are. Well, you know what they are, but like, there's probably a whole poppers community on YouTube of people oh. doing like trial videos or people doing them and getting into trouble or whatever. And YouTube's trying to lead you to these new channels, right? So they always throw out these little to watch people lily pads for like you to hop giggle to. for 35 seconds and then come down real hard and then just be like, okay, and another one. Yeah, I mean, like I went through a phase where I was watching people smoke DMT oh. on YouTube, and like it's <gasps> not like you you did this to my feed. I probably did. <gasps> it's not like you get to have the DMT experience with them. They just take a hit of it. They look like they pass out for five minutes and then they wake back up and like walk around groggily and try to describe what they saw. It's like. I don't know, but it's there's a, there's a weird fascination with it. It's like, hmm. I don't know. I've never been around somebody that's done that. I would like to do that. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know. But I don't know. I get weird things, too, because it's like I'll watch, like, an atomic bomb test video hmm. and then, like, watch a Joe Rogan episode. And then it's like, you would probably also like Holocaust denial. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not not that. Eh, but then I you're get like, curious. You're like, like, well, you're like, what are they? Actually? I will giggle at it because this <laughs> yeah. is some crazy shit, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. these people are wild. Yeah, but I will not be smashing the like or subscribe. No, no, no. Of course not. I will go. Damn, that exists. These people are out there. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, but so Trump's buying ads on YouTube. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because, like, you know, you're going to get a lot of eyes on that, and people will remember it. It's back to one of our old horses, right, as far as targeted advertising goes. It doesn't even matter whether you like the ad or whether you participate in it. Like, on YouTube, you're obviously going to skip it after five seconds or whatever. Oh, I'm not saying that it's a pop-up ad. I mean, it's just the first video. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Because only on phone. I don't... Computer not not for for video. I'm talking desktop here, but yeah. yeah, On desktop, it shows up as an ad before the thing. But my point was that, of course, you're going to skip it. But it doesn't matter. You just remember getting it a million times. Mm. It's like the Geico ads on Hulu. Yeah. And it's really smart because, you know, most people don't give a shit about following politics at all. And they go on YouTube to watch their Joe Rogan and they remember, oh, that guy saw his ads. Not that anybody doesn't know who Donald Trump is at this point. Mm. But I think it serves the same. I want to meet someone who doesn't know. That would be fascinating, right? Is there? That's a good question. And then I would want a Freaky Friday with them and then... Is there anybody in the world that doesn't know who Donald Trump is? Maybe. Other than like those Amazonian tribes or like that tribe on that island in India that like fights off anybody Ooh, that comes, yeah. the like Paleolithic peoples. They probably don't know. They're the people who like shot so many arrows into a hull of a ship that they were like, nope, got to Yeah, go. they, they like killed a Christian missionary that tried to go and like convert them. Oh, he should have known. Yeah, he definitely should not have done that. I mean, after the third arrow, you're just like, ooh, I think I should turn around. Well, Bye-bye. yeah, and the Indian government was like, hey, don't do that. And he was like, but they're heathens and they must see God's way, you know? And they're like, no, no, they're a better shot than God. It's like, man, just just watch Martin Scorsese's Silence and you okay. can see what happens to, to Christians in other movie. Okay. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Highly recommend. People should watch that. But yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. You and I don't care about politics anymore, even though we talk about it. In some ways, there's nothing else to talk about. Because it's now pop culture. Well, yeah. And nobody's fucking... It is. It's always been. Hmm. But also, nobody's doing anything still. 
even even you guys that are out there working, it's either you're unemployed and bored or you're working and bored because your job is strange because of coronavirus, mm-hmm. you know, one way or another, whether you're at home or whether you're alone or wearing a mask at work, like it sucks. And then you can't go do anything after work. No. So it just happens. It just comes across your life, whether you like it or not, yeah. the politics. Mm. And it's actually kind of fun to talk about because it's become such a farce. Yeah. That's like sort of my angle on it at this point is that I don't have any interesting takes as far as who you should support or whatever, because honestly, whatever. Yeah. But the spectacle of it is like so transparent at this point that it is like, oh, okay. I understand like 1987 in the Soviet Union a little bit better. Hmm. You just sort of go through these motions of, oh, we have an election, I guess, but like... It's not going to be legitimate. The candidates are farcical. So I just got to watch videos of UPS boxes being moved. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't. I. Here's the thing. Remember when everyone bitched and moaned about the post office? Yeah. Guys. Guys. I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, post office still just poorly run. Yes, they the things run on time. But, you know. I still have never found a mailbox in my entire life in a comfortable, easy-to-access thing. It's always in, in a weird, out-of-the-way, you're like, I have to walk how many fucking blocks to get to a goddamn... Pu-? Fine. And then it's full, and you're like, son of a bitch, i got to find another one. Well, we've discussed before how I think the post office in New York is a uniquely dysfunctional experience. Fair. For I, the most yeah, part. Yeah, in the Midwest, you can just breezily go up, and they're like, hi, we're happy to help you. I'm like, you are? Okay. Yeah, and people have mailboxes that are uh, safe and accessible, so you can just mail things from there if they're small. It's, yeah. it's really not a big deal and mostly functioned, at least in my memory it did. Mm. You know, I don't know. The the thing with the USPS, I get why everyone's, well... Uh, Nervous? I want to be careful about this, because I think it's bad that they, they're making moves to privatize the post office, because that's what's actually yeah, going that's on. At, yeah. That's what's actually going on at the core of this. Less things should be private, more things should be public, which would mean you'd have to fund them more. Given the current situation, it's not like a Biden administration would do that anyway. Hmm. In fact, the effort to cut the post office started a long time before Donald Trump. And guess who uh, one of the bipartisan uh, hmm. heroes of this initiative was? Can you guess? I wonder who it could be. Joseph R. Biden. No, just said finger guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was driving around in his big car cutting the post office since before many of you can remember. So don't worry about it, guys. It's going that way anyway. But... So that being said, I think it's bad. This podcast brought to you by stamps.com. Stamps.com. Get your uh, mailer weighted at home and uh, slap it on with a five cent discount. Yes, stamps.com. Undercut the post office through a third party that you heard about on a podcast. (laughs) Um. I've been hearing a lot of (laughs) stamps.com ads. That's why I'm like, what the fuck are we doing now? Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, You know, so I think it's bad that it's being privatized, but it's. You know, it's just the last step in a long line of wanting to do this, and it upsets people extra because it's really about the election in some way I guess, this time. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's as if people don't remember the Post Office X Forever 21 collaboration. Oh, geez, I don't remember that. Oh, it was a capsule. I think you're probably the only, speaking of people that are the only people that know about something. No, 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 no. This is widely known. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everyone was like, the fuck is this? This is some track pants that have red, white, and blue stripes that say USPS first class. And I'm like, wait, are we trying to say Dan first class say ass? first class on the ass? Yeah, that's no, pretty No, cool. because no one smart was designing oh, it. It yeah. was like fanny packs that had the little eagle and like the, the logo stretched out. And I was like, you guys are missing the sheer 
hilarity that could ensue by wearing first class in a strappy band over your ass. Oh, yeah. I don't know why we're doing this stupid. Well. But because you have to make it, you know, with children and Rohingya or something like that. Oh, sure. And I'm sure there's just like a a months or years long approval process where like the government doesn't want to be too racy. So you're not allowed to do that. I'm sure that the designers at Forever 21 pitched that as the first thing. That's everybody's first idea. Well. And then they're like, you know. Bold of you to assume that there are designers at Forever 21. Yeah, whatever passes for them. Yeah, uh, someone with a Pinterest board going, can we make it? I'm just imagining it like the the meeting with Heinz Beans and Mad Men where the guy's like, we can't go silly. We're not funny in the way. Beans are not silly. The post office was doing the same thing with Forever 21. But yeah, I think, well, I think the point that you were gesturing towards before was one that I also wanted to make. You know, part A, again, is that Yes, post office being privatized, bad. But part B is like, do you all not remember? Everybody complains about the post office all the time. Nobody actually likes it. So it's one thing to have the position that like, yeah, this is bad, but really there's nothing we can do. And on the other hand, be like enraged, like you're some sort of fan of the post office. That's what seems disingenuous about all of the outrage is like, no, you guys. Be honest with yourselves. We've all been done bitched about the post office. You've all hated it. So, okay. If you... In your life, have never stood at the the um, the Bushwick Post Office on Broadway for two and a half hours to pick up one parcel that no one even knocked on your door to try to deliver. Fight me! I know everybody has done it. We've all done it, and we've been like, "Fuck! I got a pink sticky tab." Well, you know, yeah. Like again, even for people that don't live in New York where extra sucks, it's like, yes, the post office fucking loses things all the time. Oh, well. You know, Mm. or you got a package and they said it was at the post office, then you showed up there and it wasn't and it because it turns out it was on the truck and they can't track things fast enough. It's yes, it's a very inefficient thing. Um but again, like it's not satisfactory to just be a rage machine on your Instagram story with post after post about, you know, how tragic it is when a, you don't actually care. Let's be honest. You don't give a shit. If it got privatized. Yeah, whatever. It wouldn't change your life really at all. It would. Cause everything would cost more, but also I don't know. Cause then you'd like everyone would have to be like, Oh, I have to pay for a, a mailbox. The, yeah. I mean, the only reason it doesn't cost very much right now is because we pay for it. Like, you pay for it out of your taxes, well, so is, it wouldn't cost also, more because, you, I, I don't know, whatever. This is also a classic case of you get what you pay for. Yeah. And it's like, we didn't give a shit, and we're like, no, we don't give the post office more money. They fucking suck. And you're like, well, I think we kind of rot this. So, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Well, it's an, it's, it's an interesting example, too, right? Because that's true of every um, safety net or welfare program in this country as well it's the old republican trick for the last 30 years is like basically defund the thing it becomes dysfunctional and then even the people that rely on it end up resenting it they they pulled the same trick with the post office but it's very interesting to see liberals be particularly mad about this one thing when it's like actually you participated in the denigration of this too well it's you know because wait, wait wait because going you know going back in time Somebody that's been on the left side of the dial for the last 30 years would never have complained about welfare, A, because they've never needed it. Till now, probably, people on unemployment or whatever. So they can be on their high horse or on their pedestal saying, like, oh, it's so dirty that people are trying to privatize Social Security and all these things because you don't rely on it, so you never complained about it. But something that you've also been complaining about, that you didn't care about its funding apparatus or the machinations behind the scenes forever, 
suddenly is under threat and you're worried that, you know, the corpse of Joe Biden is going to lose because of it. That's why you're mad. Be mad about that. I mean, you here, know, here's the thing. If you're mad about the post office, why weren't you mad 20 years ago, let's say, about uh, the rise of charter schools, the slow rise of vouchers, not for charter schools because charter schools didn't exist, but vouchers for private schools. And then going, oh, there's a ballot issue in my local municipality about raising taxes for fuck no 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 new taxes because it benefits schools and you're like and then you're going to complain about how young people are stupid right right well yeah that's a better liberal example because they actually take advantage of the privatization and the like subsequent segregation and everything that's implied by charter schools like taking over public well because the yeah because the district redlining and the uh the racist over you know at the time, we thought of them as undertones. Um, they were overtones. Right. You know, we're pushed down. And, and it was just like, you're going to pay more. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to pay more. Oh, well, no. yeah, I think that's a good example. But I want to be crystal clear, too, that like I think it's okay to be a hypocrite. It's like I had different opinions years ago than I have today. And it's okay to have like one stance on one thing and a different stance on something else. In yeah. fact, that's what I'm trying to encourage here. What's that word? The D word? The d- 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 Not dialogue. Dis- discursive relationship with your past self yeah sure and coming to a, a a reckoning with well and even if you and even if you find in the end that you're a full-out hypocrite like that's also fine but like i, I am frustrated don't uh, call me fat <laughs> oh hypocrite, hypocrite not hippo yeah you're a hippo sorry that was crit. slow but i wanted to throw it in there um uh yeah but just you know it's okay to have like contradictory uh ideas it's okay to change at your different mind times, about the more things. you know yeah classically but you know be self-conscious about that and it is sort of back to this idea of shame like have a little shame don't complain about the post office your entire life and then be mad about it for two months until everyone else forgets like yeah that's that's pathetic i mean we're we're treating the post office now the way we treat a 30 dollar t-shirt let me explain in let's say 2010 you bought a 30 dollar t-shirt you're like Oh, this is made so well because uh, who would pay $30 for a t shirt? Are you shitting me? Oh, this is luxury in a certain regard. That t shirt stays $30 for a decade. And you're like, why is this a piece of shit now? And you're like, well, because that should be around $55, but you won't even buy the fucker full price. So you have to pay $20. Like, you're getting what you paid for, even though you have this fucked up image of like a short circuited nostalgia of. When I bought it, it was nice at $30. Yeah, yeah. I think we have an old episode, I forget which one, where we talked about this at length in terms of retail products. Probably. And just culture, cultural memory of uh, depreciating value. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, everything is a used car. Like, like, anything you buy is a used car. Any service is a used car, too. Like, if you're not going to... Corolla. If you're not going to put the money in to make something last, it's going to fall apart. Right. And then you're going to be like, fuck, it costs a lot of money to fix it. Or a lot of effort, socially, through voting. and uh, Sure. Like, and that's where you are with the post office. But we've been done, did that with schools. We did that with Pell Grants. I don't know what to tell it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell, like, outrage culture that, like, hey, like, this is just a thing that happens. No one likes it. Right. But I don't know. Well, and not only that, the constant flailing around about it also pushes people that 
might be susceptible to helping you out further away from wanting to help because of your hysteria, frankly. Well, you're having like a spaz attack to use a 90s thing. Like you're just like freaking out and you're like, is this the new thing you're freaking out about? It's like, well, let's freak out about the post office. But, you know, some trans people are beating on the street in L.A., but no one's freaking out about that. Uh, You know, well, I saw posts about it. But the other thing is, it's like, well, that's not, you know, maybe this is. But that's also that's also an old problem that came back again. You're like, whoa, damn. Well, and it's we also, got a 70s it's also problem like, on hey, our hands. Hey, that's LA's problem. I don't know anything about that story. I'm taking people's Instagram posts at face value, but it's like you don't know what actually happened there. You have n- no idea whether that was motivated one way or another, or whether it was a straight up ro- like. Listen, well, listen for the for the sake of argument. Yeah, it's not your fucking problem. You don't live in LA. You don't mm. know these people personally. I don't think you sh- you need to get mad about things like that. You well, just really don't. It doesn't help anybody. You should be surprised that it's still happening. Uh, you know, eh, that's even a that's a false flag argument. Let me explain this. Like my main thing is that back in the day, the girls were rolling around with hammers in their purses and were like, "You're not going to tell me as a 7-foot person, wait, get two. Thank you. You're not going to tell me as a 7 seven foot man in a wig uh that i busted your shit up because you know i'm such a dainty lady but i do have a hammer in my purse and i will fuck you up actually like don't try me don't don't test it like and you know there is this this weird state where it's like the sense of security that was incidentally wrought was like oh no we're accepting it's like no actually most of the world is bad and the lulled sense of security was actually the worst thing like you should have been done had the per- the hammer in your purse the whole time. Well, you know, I don't know. I I don't I don't like that take. I don't agree with it. I I think I want to set aside the issue of the trans people in the L- in L.A. because but but I also just want all people to carry hammers. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it would be like Mario. You could throw them and oh fuck yeah yeah that was the best suit, bro. Um, I want to set aside the trans people just because i don't know a lot about it and because yeah. it's a particularly inflammatory thing it's not a good example to get in no, in the weeds on but like, la is a special beast what i don't, I don't yeah. what i don't agree with in your assessment there is just that no i don't think all the world is that bad i think in fact if you oh. if you looked at the figures probably there's less incidents involving m- minority hate crimes in general i don't know i'm not sure if that's true but i bet you know Depending on how far back in time you go, it's almost certainly true. But but do you agree to some aspect that the messaging of like we're all inclusive, it's all great, and then you get that and you're like you you're living your truth and that is great, and then all of a sudden a curveball out of right field comes in and literally smashes that perception. And it's like I don't know, like if you don't have that little like voice of doubt in your head that like everything's fine like everything's not fine but i'm gonna well there there i there i would level with you and i would totally agree that you should have the that doubt in your mind no matter what type of person of what identity or political persuasion you are that you know anything can happen if you have a holistic worldview that's all unicorns and rainbows at any given time you know whether you're a MAGA guy that owns a jet ski dealership and is living his best life right now and thinks nothing could ever change for the worse for him like he's also wrong and just as stupid on exactly the same level as somebody that thinks, oh, gay marriage was passed, now we're in the clear? Like, no. 
It's it's you know like in Parks and Rec, it's like don't be suspicious, don't be. It's actually like do be suspicious. Oh my God, who's watching me? I well, have I think, to take a that, hammer. I think that the idea of being suspicious about your surroundings or being on guard a little bit for me makes sense only in terms of chaos. Like there are just arbitrary and random bad things that happen. I don't think that most people are bad. That's Hmm. where I draw the line. That's where the outrage culture really sticks a needle in my eye is this presumption that's implied in all this stuff that everyone in the world is evil and out to get each other. And that comes from both sides of the political aisle, but I really don't think that's true. I think when you have one-on-one conversations with any person of any persuasion, most people are pretty go-along, get-along. I don't think there's that many sociopaths and like violent people out there looking to fuck everything up. Um, I think that a lot of those people are concentrated in positions of power mm. and those are the people you should be mad at. And it gives everyone a false perception of what regular people are like. Um, but mm. no, I think power corrupts people. I don't think people are corrupted to begin with. You're making an argument for original sin. If you really think that most people are bad. Okay, and I think that's um, wrong. Well, also, I mean, like maybe, let me and t- I'm not even saying that's true of you. I think you're more nuanced than that, but I think that people that get caught up in outrage culture are implicitly doing that and don't even know it. Well, Maybe. I mean, let me temper it a little bit. Let me say this. Like, it's not that everyone's bad, but you have to at some point be like, what if? And if if you are lulled into a sense of security that the what if outlier becomes such a minimal variable in your like mental calculus of how you can live your life, like uh, it's not necessarily your it's obviously not your fault, but like it's like extra not your fault that you were like, well, I thought everything was fine. Like I was just told like I could do this. And it's like, I don't know. Cause like when we like say we're driving in, uh, you know, I joke when we're driving in Pennsylvania, I'm like, Ooh, that was not a great place to stop. Uh, That's a hate crime place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm only, I'm joking, but I do have like a, you know, like a 10th of a percentage of my brain. I'm like, Butcher. Well, yeah, what you're talking you never about know, is, like, is basic, like situational and just sociological awareness. And so, yeah, I totally agree with I totally agree with you there. I don't I don't have any I don't have any issue with that. I think the thing is what I do have issue with is it is your fault if your perception is suddenly shattered that the world is a different way than you thought, because the only thing you have control over is your own perception of the world. If you're relying on some outside source to sort of tell you what the situation is, that's when you're going to. But then you get a little hysterical or go all over the map because you're just following whatever the narrative says is true and correct. You're you're not really thinking for yourself. You're believing too much. And that is your fault. I think like not in every case, but in in the in in most cases, if you're a poster, it's your fault. You Hmm. should know better than that. Well, like, can I give can I give you can I give you a different to be edited? I don't know. Can I give you a different example? It's sure. sort of it's sort of sideways or orthogonal to this, but um, so a friend of mine sent me uh, a post on Instagram last night that was like a take on what QAnon people think about the world, and it was Does it still exist. Maybe oh, dude, of course, yeah, a, a QAnon person got got elected to Congress. In fact, several I have, I think. <sighs> um. You're only going to see more of that in the future. Whether Great. Trump wins or loses, I mean, it exacerba- exacerbates that phenomenon. But in any case, you know, know, he sent me a post from somebody else that was a take on, like, QAnon people interacting with the world as if it's a video game. And that 
you know, because they get a series of clues and they get to accomplish certain tasks and then, you know, the narrative changes for them. Like it's one of those like click through like mystery door games and you're like, yeah, I mean, being a QAnon person is sort of like that, right? Um, And like, fine. I don't think there's anything really controversial about that take. But what I didn't like from the person that sent it to me was it was only being sent to me so that I would agree with it and agree with him for like thinking it was interesting hmm. but i thought it was also really flawed like why are there people out there with these takes ostensibly making fun of QAnon people because what is that an accusation of you live your life in a video game you're delusional and it's like well you know i would agree that QAnon people are delusional but i don't think that they're delusional to any more of a degree than anybody else really well they have a different take on the narrative that's taken them to a clownish place that I would agree with. But at least they're aware that the narrative they're being fed is inaccurate and full of holes. The way they've managed to hmm. plug the holes doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even stand up to just basic rationality or common sense. Are these sense. the lizard people people? Hang on. Um, but so being sent that kind of aggravated me because I was like, look, you're assuming that you have control of the narrative somehow or that you don't live in a different parallel video game where you're fighting people that want to take the post office away from you or whatever. You know, everybody's engaging with media narratives and with and with reality to a delusional extent, sort of. So why make fun of the QAnon people? Let them do whatever they're doing. I mean... If they do violent, bad things, yeah, sure. Punish the individuals that do those things. Like, what fucked up circle of Baudrillard nightmare did we end up on? We thought it was going to be a lot different i think right well i don't think people really understand i don't I mean not that i do either but i don't think people really understand what baudrillard was saying because no i i think he or is this it my, re- my reading of, enveloped it and we're like oops yeah my reading of baudrillard is that it's pretty much predicted a lot of this stuff in you know not very specific ways but that the farther and farther you get away from any grounded reality and the more and more simulated everything gets from your somatic life to your media life, uh, the more and more deranged everyone's perceptions simultaneously get in multiple directions. So QAnon is one thread, being a lib is one thread, being a Bernie bro is another thread, being uh, a skeptic of all these things like me is another Mm -hmm. thread. It doesn't matter. But you should have some situational awareness, back to your point, that everybody is pursuing their own uh, fiction. Huh. And it's become real to them. Yeah, that's the... So w- I don't understand why you would, like, feel too bad about any one particular direction of it. But this is why I'm, I brought up, you know, Mr. B, is, like, if you think about that, it was this this idea that it would just be a oneness of the either or the simulation or the simulacra, right? Like, it was, it was a kind of shared one hyper-reality. Or two different kind of hyper-realities. In a certain way, yeah. Like I think what Baudrillard was des- describing was corporate control. I think what yeah. I think what he, you know, he like Adam Curtis and a lot of others were really early to see that like complex financial instruments and like control of nation states by by finance was yeah. the thing that was the unifying simulation. And how you get sold through sold it through advertising. So right? he was describing that sort of overarching condition, which is obviously true. Mm-hmm. But within that no one person controls that. Yeah. Well, you just participate within it. So, yeah. 
he was like, internet, I can kind of understand this idea and propose an idea. And then we fucked it up and did social media and then shat all over it and split splintered both of those ideas into mirror fragments, right? Well, no, I think that things like social media and the splinter effect that you're describing are just a logical result of having a globalized world that is uh, a falsehood. Mm. Um, having having a corporate regime that is able to control people's thinking. Make that a plural. Corporate regimes. No, it's a, a corporate I regime. Think there are many because individuals. There's more than one. Individual corporations are only nodes within the broader system. They're not hmm. uh, agents somehow above it. They're also within it. Uh, okay, continue. Yeah, so I, ha- I I have to think about that longer, but okay. Well, so my my point simply was that like when you you know sometime around when Baudrillard was writing, like you know at the height of Wall Street greed is good, when you reach this apex at a certain point in the eighties, early nineties, um, all of these things, when you have that type type of total psychic control that's also decentralized but also universal you're going to have this sort of splintering effect within that because yeah. now you have the ability to cater to people's uh, thoughts and emotions not based on broad demographic patterns but based on individuals. Individual mass confusion? Yeah. Mm. That makes me sad. And, and well and it all I think it all stems from like the the base up onward to the superstructure. If the base is a decentralized thing that has the goal uh of individual control yet has no one individual in control of it that sort of feedback of decentralization or rather contradiction of decentralization with a goal (laughs) leads to a lot of chaos it leads to further entropy because no one's in charge well it's it's that but it's also a matter of how the control comes from a matter the matter of overload of information so Excuse me. The inability to pay attention and focus is the grand goal of this new yeah, scheme, right? Yes, correct. Which was not necessarily like that was more like a matter of slipping into the pools and just kind of submitting yourself. And it's like mm, now we've just submitted ourselves to confusion and over, like we're being like we are the the clay bird getting buckshot all over the place constantly, right? Well, and famously in like capitalist economics, you do not account for externalities. So like the environment is a good example of this. Like air doesn't count as a resource because it's so abundant until mm. you start to fuck it up so much that eventually it does. Mm. And I think p- people, the the psychic casualties of the same process were treated much in the same way. You don't account for how society could be deranged based on constantly being advertised to on an individual level until it reaches a point where it's a problem like now. Ooh. At which point it's probably too late. Like, you know, you cross a Rubicon or a threshold at a certain point and there kind of is no reversing this because again, there's no, you know, if there was a single corporate agent in charge that said, oh shit, we kind of fucked up here. Let's like roll this back. They, they can't do that. Apple yeah. and Amazon and Google's and Microsoft and, you know, for that matter, oil companies like Exxon and ConocoPhillips, they're all intertwined with each other now. Yeah, but And there is no incentive to pedal this back. It's a death drive at this point. Yeah, but oil has nothing to say. Oh, that's an old... Mm. You obviously know from Mad Men we don't talk about the death drive in advertising. Well, you obviously know from that episode, too, that who turned out to be right? Mm. Pete. 
pulling shit out of the trash to present as a good idea? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'll explain it for the listener because I think it actually that German woman had no good ideas. It, I'm just kidding. It dovetails <laughs> perfectly though. Like in that in that episode of Mad Men, they're trying to advertise to a cigarette pilot, company, yeah. and they can't figure out how. Um, because the Surgeon General has come down with all of these certain guidelines about what you are and are not allowed to say. And the one thing that they do know is that cigarettes are dangerous and that the public is coming around to that idea. So Pete Campbell takes, you know, steals some research from a scientist that they hired as a consultant that says if you advertise to people that it will kill you and that actually that's an attractive, thrilling thing, they would be on board with this. And eventually they do come around to that strategy, if I remember correctly, in cigarette ads. I'm not saying in No, they said it's toasted. It's tasty. Well, in Mad Men, they do the one thing. But, I mean, think about what cigarette ads eventually become is glamour and sexiness, right? Did they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look at, like, the, you know, those Jeff Koons, like, inkjet prints, not that those are cigarette ads, but, like, around that era in the 80s, I mean, it was it's um, the idea that you're a dangerous man and you'll get a dangerous woman. It's it was, this sort of James oh Bondish thing. It's not even that. It's It's more, it's closer to living life to the fullest. That's a manipulation of the death drive. It's a matter of living a full life. So if you kick it, oh, okay, I'll you got no regrets. I'll concede that, but the premise still stands, which is eventually they realize that actually, yes, you do want to appeal to people's like sort of negative sense of themselves, well, even if it's subconscious. Well, let's use it. I don't know why this sticks with me, but Virginia Slims. Think of the advertising in the 90s for Virginia Slims. Did you ever look at your mom's no. like magazines back in the day? No. Okay, because gay. Um, Virginia Slims were like, I'm on a beach smoking a Slim Sig because I'm skinny and they keep me skinny. It's like, yeah, bitch, because like, you're not eating right. And like, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to you know, pound a bottle of Chardonnay because 90s uh, and smoke a couple Virginia Slims instead of eating. Yeah. And you're going to live your best life. Then we just took that best life idea and then fucked it sideways to get, like, goop, which even that shit's going to kill you. Like, you can't pop a jade egg. Well, yeah, sure. Like, good God. Like, but... Well, no, I I mean, I think it's even more... But it's still this idea... Let me explain. It's still going back to this idea of, like, living your best life, because, again, eh, you're probably not going to live that long if you do this. It's It's a subliminal sense of just live life to the fullest, because you could just drop dead one day. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, not to be rude, man, but I understand how advertising works. Well, that, that that wasn't that wasn't the point. The point was that like we've reached a cultural apex of death drive, I think. Huh. And I don't I don't think you can really argue against that because like to use QAnon, like the famous kicking boy, as a perfect example of this. Like, or you know what's even a better example? What I showed you the other day. What do you think those gun nuts that are pointing uh, pistols at their dicks are doing oh. that for? Ooh. This cultural derangement has reached death drive level for a lot of people, whether people are willing to go and vote in elections during a pandemic in person or go to Sturgis and not wear masks or point a gun at their dick or post endlessly all day to the point where their mental health suffers Mm. about trans people being killed or whatever. People are on a death march right now due to all of these cultural forces. Well, it's a let me uh, let me do it. Throw a caveat. It's not necessarily a physical death drive, but it is a mental health death spiral. Well, that's like, what the death drive is, man. It's the Fre- it's a Freudian concept. Of course, mm-hmm. it's a mental health thing, and sometimes it manifests physically. I think I tend to believe like the more ignorant or stupider yeah. you are in general, the more literally you're going to point a gun at your dick. Well, that's that's dumb. But I, I mean, 
But it applies to the it applies to the posters too. But this is why I mean, well, here's the thing. What's a cheap pie? Meth? Yes. Yeah. Getting the hit getting those likes, bro. Sure. You want to see those hearts flying? Exactly. Like cheap highs, poppers. Going back to the poppers videos. I mean, just do poppers. They're called VHS cleaners. It's a cheaper high, and uh, I don't. It'll melt your brain too, but um, it doesn't last forever. Well, you know, um, there's a comedian named Tim Dillon. Do you know who that is? Uh, you know, whatever. It's not. He's not going to be everybody's speed or whatever. But he said an interesting thing in an interview that I heard the other day that. I basically subscribe to at this point. I think he's 100% right about, again, keep in mind, he's just a crass comedian. He doesn't know shit, but I like this idea. Um, He said, look, it's over. It's over. Just enjoy yourself. Like whether we're talking politically or about America in general or about the type of life you thought you'd have, like you can take this and spin it however you want. But I really like this idea because I think it's, closer to the truth than anything i've heard which is just it's over Mm. relax it's over you know there's that scene in drive um where the jewish gangster goes up to brian cranston's character and he cuts his arm with a straight razor that's gross and he's kind of freaking out because he wasn't seeing this coming and the guy just goes don't worry it's over like i i think thinking about our cultural moment in that light and in terms of this death drive idea is a little bit healthier. Like, look, guys, our wrists got cut 30 seconds ago, all of us, you know, mm. and but, you can deal with that with some grace or you can flail around and splatter blood all over the garage. Either way, we're all going down. I mean, what you're describing is. Uh, what the f- uh, What's her name in Kill Bill 2? Not Blythe. Is it Blythe Danner? No, that's Gwyneth Paltrow's mom. Um, one eye. Yeah, Patchy, where she's flailing after. He's, yes, she has, you know. Yes. Do you want to go out that way or like? I think a lot of people are going out that way because they're so afraid. They're go so out a- like Oren. They're so go afraid. Go down fighting and then get yes. your brain cut. Go out like Oren. That's exactly what everyone should do. I mean, I know that's a really good stopping point, but I do want to ask: Why does Brian Cranston always deal with these people who get fucked so hard in the end? Even going back to Malcolm in the Middle, he gets killed by his kids, killed by his meth problem, and not his problem, but his... Well, because he has that look... And Are that, we all that guy? He has that look and that general charisma of the everyman. Oh, yeah. So it makes him really good for a comedic role in that same way. It makes him really good as a villain in Breaking Bad. It makes him really pathetic as the guy whose life didn't work out mm. and then ends up dying by the hand of a gangster in Drive. Like, yeah. he's always kind of trying to do the right thing, but fucking up. Mm. And I think that's why people like him. That's like, uh, that's kind of... W- he is our everyman. We do want to try the best way to do it, but we're gonna we're fucking up so hard. You know, but just fuck up less. Like you said, go out like O-Run. Mm. That's a really cool idea. I'm into it. All right. Find me some uh, Satori steel. Is it Satori? No. You know, Ron has a samurai sword. Excuse me? <laughs> he won it at a golf tournament. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. But I like to hold it and swing it Does around. he keep it in his golf bag like Bill uh, or Bill's brother? You know what? No, I'm going to pitch that idea to him. He keeps it on his mantle because he doesn't have a gun yet. So he always thinks that if somebody breaks in, he's going to... That is the most Caucasian shit. He's going to samurai sword them. Well, he, here's another. I, I, I keep giving you outs for closing, but there is a thrift store on Flushing or Bushwick Avenue that... 
All right, I'm definitely cutting the episode off here because yeah. this is this has gotten really boring now. Here's the thing. Their thing is, we have some swords. We have some antique swords. And I'm like, excuse me? Let I me go. I feel like you need to get a rapier. That's the perfect it's the faggiest sword. sword for you. Because <laughs> yeah. it bends but and it snaps. Yeah. Like, fuck you. And you get to do your little faggy posture and point it at people non-threateningly. I wish I could. I wish <laughs> as a youth that I did. Fencing? Oh, you wear like silver mask your vega mm. but with a sword it's too bad you wouldn't fit in that armor anymore it's just white spandex baby hey man as the star trek cast will tell you it shows all the flaws so it's got an extra 10 pounds don't hold your arms like out like that i can see your chicken wings excuse me <laughs> excuse me all right you're the baby that has to go to bed we have to stop now bye bye